1: The lights are out. The game is over. But we're just getting started.
2: It! It's time for
1: Warriors Wrap-Up on the Bay Area Sports Station 95.7.
3: The game. Good evening everybody and welcome to Warriors Wrap-Up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. And the Golden State Warriors follow up their Christmas Day win over the Cleveland Cavaliers with a 126-101 victory over the Utah Jazz here tonight at Oracle Arena. It was a tale of two halves tonight. Uh, Warriors were sluggish in the first half, a little bit lethargic, and then it all changed when the third quarter rolled around. Uh, Warriors outscoring Utah 42-22 in the third quarter, and they shoot 71.7% in the second half, 33-46 for from the field. And they got contributions from all kinds of players. 888-957-9570 is the number if you want to talk about this one. Oh, there's plenty of stuff to talk about tonight. Could talk about the contribution of Patrick McCaw off the bench. He had 18 points in 20 minutes. Jordan Bell played 21 minutes and just put up some crazy numbers. Five points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, and a block. He did that in... 22 minutes. Nick Young came off the bench tonight, scored 15 points in 22 minutes, and Omri Caspi, who left the game a little bit early with a sprained ankle, still found a way to score 10 points in 15 minutes. So the Golden State Warriors win this one 126-101, to and it was a game uh, in which they just simply came alive in, in the second half The Warriors had gone two for eight from three-point range in the first half with Draymond Green hitting both of those. And when the second half opened, Durant hit a three, Clay Thompson hit a three, and the Warriors were absolutely off to the races. And they raise their record now to 28-7. and They have the best record in the NBA. The Utah Jazz have now lost 10 of 12. And they are 15-21. and 21. They've played half their games this year without starting center Rudy Gobert. And while they found a gem in Donovan Mitchell, they have lost Rudy Gobert, which kind of changes the makeup of their team. It's a defensive-oriented team when they're healthy, but when they lose their man in the middle... Uh, it's a team that doesn't have the rim protection uh, that it normally has. For the Golden State Warriors, what they have tonight? Seven blocks, and Kevin Durant had three of them. And in the postgame locker room after this game, there was a lot of talk about Kevin Durant and whether he's a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Draymond Green said, you know what, I think I'd vote for him. And he's talking about Kevin Durant. So we're talking about a player that was an MVP who led the league in scoring four times, and now he is being considered as possibly the best defensive player in the NBA right now. So the Golden State Warriors put six men in double figures tonight. They were led by Kevin Durant's 21. He scored 21 on just ten field goal attempts. He went seven for ten. On the game tonight, the Warriors 59% from the floor, 47% Make that 48% from three-point range. And the Warriors once again end up blowing out the Utah Jazz 126-101. All right. 8-957-9570 is the number. Uh, When we come back, we'll continue with Warriors wrap-up presented by Arlo, Smart Home Security.
1: listening to Warriors Wrap Up on 957 The Game
3: All right everybody welcome back to Warriors Wrap Up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security and right now it's time for the play of the game brought to you by American Express proud partners of the Golden State Warriors Tip my favors, is no good Iguodala
1: back for the rebound to McCaw. He wants to run. Drives it on Favors. Dribbles into him. Throws it up. It goes in. Continuation for McCaw on a foul on Favors. Somehow got his arm locked up with Favors' left arm but still had the wherewithal after
3: the bump to throw it up and it went in. Alright, there you have it. The play of the game. Brought to you by American Express Right now it's time to hear from the fans Brought to you by Nations Giant Hamburgers Keep it real, make it Nations Let's go out to Khaled Khaled's leaving Oracle Arena What's up Khaled? What's going on my man, how you doing? Hey, what's happening? Nothing much, first
2: of all I have to tip the cap to the gentleman You know, you were right Steph Curry did not play on Monday I thought he would You were right So I gotta admit on the air that uh, <laughs> That you were correct as usual
3: Well, it wasn't a tough prediction. Tell you, (laughs) all signs were pointing to, uh, you know. I I have a feeling he's not going to play Friday or Saturday either, but we'll see. We'll see. You know,
2: I'll I'll put another gentleman's bet on this one. I think he'll come back on Friday. May not play. He may come off the bench and play a little bit. Then not play on Saturday. But it would be fitting to come back against the team uh, where his first game was missed. Remember before when he got injured. It was going into Charlotte, and he didn't get to play golf with his dad, which was the most depressing thing that he
3: talked about. And then he's right. been
2: out since then. And then to come back when they play Charlotte would be a kind of fitting way to kind of wrap up that whole injury.
3: Yeah, no, that's and I think he probably wants to play for the fans who are going to be watching the game back in Charlotte. But we had Bob Myers on earlier today um, on uh, uh, with Bonte Hill, and, and Bob was saying that he didn't think he was going to play Friday. And if you didn't play Friday, do you really want to bring him back? Then Saturday, when you have four days off after that, uh, these are these are great problems to have, though, if you're the Warriors.
2: First world problems.
0: Yes. <laughs>
3: you know, yes.
2: We, this this is an injury like this would have. Uh, I mean, just look back like six years ago, seven years ago, it would have yeah. completely derailed everything that the Warriors were doing. But you know, when you when you're able to lose your marquee player and win, what, now 13 out of the last 14, if not 12 out of the last 13 games there. Yes. They're in, yep. They're in pretty good shape. Now, what, what I'll say that stood out to me in this game is I'm not going to talk about the Warriors. I mean, everyone's going to want to talk about them. But I really like Derek Favors, and I've always liked him, and I th- I think you like him as well, Signe. He's just, he's just a big body that knows how to play that low post really well. And I feel bad for him because I mean he's a guy who's been loyal to Utah, and has stayed with them this entire time. And you know things were beginning to look good for them, and he was coming off the bench, you know, behind Gobert, and they they had a nice young nucleus. And now they're back to, I mean, when you got Ricky, you know, Ricky Rubio as your point guard now, no more Gordon Hayward and a bunch of young guys. I would love to see this guy get rewarded somehow and end up on a roster like the Warriors to be able to truly contend because imagine that guy coming off the bench for the Warriors, you know, and the unit that we would have in that second unit. I mean, that's a big body that I think the Warriors would really be able to benefit from, you know, more so than any any of the other bigs that we have coming off the bench. What do you think?
3: Well, uh, hey, Colette, I'm going to run after this, so thanks for the call. And I will tell you that, yeah, i take favors instead of uh, JaVel McGee. I think that would be an upgrade. I don't know that Utah is going to trade – Or get rid of Favors, although they do have a decision to make. I don't think you can play Favors and Gobert together. I think that's the problem that the Utah Jazz seem to have. Favors has had some big games while Gobert's been out. But the two of them, I mean, Favors can hit the face-up jumper a little bit, but he's mostly an interior player. So now you have two players who are near the basket offensively. You don't get a lot of spacing. I think that's something that they are trying to figure out in Utah. All right, when we come back, we're going to visit with John Dickinson, 95.7 The Game's reporter. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security.
1: Hood ends up with a top of the key, guarded by McGee. Pass to Mitchell, back to Hood. He'll drive on JaVale, puts on the brakes, goes up, and JaVale says, what are you doing? Knocked it away. McGee with the block. It's the Warriors' six-block shot. McCaw,
0: top side three good. Patrick McCaw having a standout game. He's got 18 points on 7 of 10 shooting. We're dead last in the NBA in three-point shooting percentage over the last 10 games. Dead last. Uh, who would have guessed? but we're by far the best defensive team. And so I love what we've done uh, since Steph's been out in terms of kind of morphing into this defensive juggernaut grinding teams. We haven't had the same pace. We haven't had the same force without Steph, but we're finding ways. And uh, tonight we broke free, and and I'm hoping that'll carry over, you know, the next couple games. But uh, we just – we looked like we finally got into a flow, and we've just been uh, – you know, we've been in a little bit of a rut offensively, but – You know, Steph's not there to rev the engine, and he does that better than anybody. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game.
3: That was Steph Curry talking about the Warriors' defensive effort tonight. They beat the Utah Jazz 126-101. They did it without Steph Curry. Whether Curry plays Friday against Charlotte or not remains to be seen. And then, of course, Saturday against Memphis, we'll also see about that. Joining us right now, John Dickinson, 95.7 The Game uh, reporter. And Steve Kerr seemed to be pleased with the Warriors' defense, at least the way it's played defense the last two or three weeks.
1: Well, you, you figured they were going to have to figure out a way to win without Stephen Curry. And really from night one... If you go back to the, that very first game in Charlotte, they were really, really good defensively, and it seems like they've had a really good defensive quarter in just about every game. There's been a couple of exceptions, but you just look at that run there in the third quarter tonight. It finally translated into some offense, which hasn't always been the case uh, for the Warriors during this stretch. But you, it, it's just it, it's such a mark of, of the greatness of this team that they can almost play a completely different way without Stephen Curry and still figure out how to win at an extremely high level. I mean, they've only lost one game since he's been out.
3: Yeah, I think they've benefited, obviously, from the competition, but you still can't take away what they've accomplished without... The player a lot of people feel is their best player. Uh, the thing that sticks out to me, well, there's a bunch of stuff that stuck out to me tonight, but look at the shot attempts. Twelve shots for Klay Thompson was the most anybody took. Ten for Durant, ten for Green, twelve for Thompson, ten for McCaw, nine for Young. So, the balance... The shooting balance was was pretty impressive tonight.
1: Yeah, it was, and a good game for McCaw. And yeah, I, and real I think good. A game that McCaw needed. I mean, how many times have you looked at the box score on a Patrick McCaw col- in the Patrick McCaw column on a night and he's 0 for 2, or he's 1 for 4, or he's you know 2 for 2 for 6 or something like that? But most of the time there isn't even that many attempts. Tonight he ends up with 10 attempts. He's been more aggressive. I think going to the basket, he's been finishing at the basket, and I think, you know, sometimes we forget that he's a pretty good he can be a pretty good scorer, you know, when he's locked in. He can put the ball in the basket, but whenever he struggles, it's typically due to a lack of aggressiveness. So I think tonight him being aggressive was a big key. The ball found him and he acted like he knew what he wanted to do with it and it paid off.
3: Yeah, it seemed like he got the ball a lot of times uh, tonight, either after someone got double teamed, so he had a little bit of an opening, or he received the ball and and a defender would be running toward him, or there'd be kind of a lane for him to drive, and he, he didn't hesitate at all. Uh, he, he was going to the basket aggressively, and the one three he made at the top of the circle, I mean, I guess it's a good thing. It, you knew he was going to take that shot. It just looked like it from the minute he got the ball, and that's the one thing that he hasn't really done.
1: Well, let's hear from Patrick McCaw here. We can do that uh, talking about the Warriors' uh, defense and, and what Steve Kerr's message was at halftime.
4: When we're playing defense, it translates to our offense. So, and we're pretty scary on the defensive end when we're locked in. And uh, Coach K just preached at halftime, just you know, cut back on the turnovers, lock in defensively, and our offense will come on to watch. And you know, he always has a great you know halftime speech for us, and he's and uh, I think that's what really got us going.
3: Yeah. So there's Patrick McCaw tonight uh, about the Warriors' defense and. You know, I don't know whether their defense sparks their offense or whether their offense sparks their defense. But tonight in that third quarter, I thought they had it both going. And when they have it. Going like that, I mean, you saw what happened—forty-two to twenty-two.
1: Well, tonight, I think it was more the defense sparking the offense. I mean, to me, a lot of the times when Curry's playing, it's debatable. It seems like he he'll hit a couple of shots, and they'll get energized on the defensive end, and then they just they swarm a team. They just swallow them up. I mean, it, it kind of makes the opposition want to maybe take some bad shots. It's easier to defend. The crowd gets into the game. I mean, t- tonight felt like one of those nights when Curry's going off in a big quarter. Just the energy in the building was different in the third quarter compared to the way it was in the first half. And the Jazz, they want to play a slog of a game. You know, and Draymond Green, uh, one of the things he had said was, you know, they were really grabbing and holding in the first half, and and the Warriors were playing tentative. They were playing like they were looking for a foul call. And in that third quarter, they just came out and they said, forget it. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to get after it. And and I think it it felt almost like one of those runs that that Curry usually is right in the middle of by hitting a couple of three-pointers. But tonight it was just – it was. Dunk after dunk and easy baskets. I mean, they, they really broke the Utah Jazz will in that quarter. just stifling them on one end and, and using it to get easy buckets on the other.
3: Well, and the other thing, I mean, usually it's it's going to be Durant or Clay or Durant and Clay or Clay and Steph or Steph and Durant. But tonight, Durant was. You know, he had twenty-one. He only took ten shots. Clay with fifteen. But look at all the other contributions. Yeah,
1: and uh, Pat McCaw, It was interesting. He he said, you know, Steve Kerr's always got a great halftime speech. Well, uh, Steve Kerr didn't seem to think he did anything special at halftime.
0: I didn't say anything. We just started playing better. You know, I, I thought uh, the defense in this in the third quarter was. Uh, tremendous and it triggered our offense but I I just thought we had better pace and better uh, movement you know everybody is going to play us the same way they're going to they're going to try to be physical with us and hold us and we can't just die into the screen like you know we, we we get a guy being physical with us if we don't move and try to get out of his grasp then uh the rest aren't going to call anything. We're not going to get anything going. So I thought we just did a better job of, of moving and cutting off of, uh, off of those screens.
3: That was Steve Kerr talking about what made the Warriors go tonight and what he said at halftime. Uh, Jordan Bell became the first player West Coast history to grab 13 rebounds and have seven assists off the bench for the Golden State Warriors. Jordan Bell has been in the league Thirty-six games
1: and any and if you're thirty-five, mentioned, you're mentioning the bench. How about the bench scoring tonight overall? I
3: can't add it 63. up.
1: Sixty-three. Is that what it was? Sixty-three bench points for the Warriors tonight. And, you know, Steve Curry he, he kind of joked, asked about that. He joked, he said, hey, you know, I, I told the guys that shoot around, I told those guys that were going to be coming off the bench. I said, I need at least 60 from you tonight.
3: <laughs> so he was in a good mood, obviously. He was in a real year. good
1: mood. And, Dr- and Draymond Green was being asked about, you know, dancing. Draymond said he was feeling good tonight. Uh, he, was, he was dancing, you was know, dancing on, on a macabre bucket. Oh, dancing, yeah, I didn't see dancing that. Dancing a lot tonight. Oh, I didn't yeah, see that. he said he was in, in, in that kind of a mood. He joked about, you know, Getting a triple double, and he said, "Well, shoot! If Coach Kerr played me in the fourth quarter, like you know, he didn't really get a chance to to rack up the numbers like like he would like." Uh, but the big topic, and maybe this is something we can we can get into uh, as the show continues here, is Kevin Durant's defense. I mean, Kevin Durant just continues to block shot after shot. He's he's protecting the rim. He and he's making he's making the flash play too. It's not just you know, ho-hum blocks. I mean, he's swatting people and making – I mean, he's energized the crowd. Every time he gets a block shot, you know, everybody gets on yeah. their feet. And one of the questions after the game, because it's been thrown around a little bit, could he really be a defensive player of the year? Could Kevin Durant really be a defensive player of the year? Well, the reigning defensive player of the year, Draymond Green, was asked about that postgame.
4: I think he is, um, if not the leading candidate. Uh, you know, I don't think it's it's really a race right now. You know, the way he's been playing on the defensive side of the ball, it's been spectacular. You know, so um, it's a thing now, which is, which is impressive because it always seemed like it wasn't possible to be a thing. But he's getting more and more attention for that. And, you know, obviously, you know, he's helping our defense tremendously with the way he's playing on that side of the ball. So... If I had to vote, you know, I had to vote. I vote for him right now. That's Draymond
3: Green talking about Kevin Durant. What do you of think of that? One of the best scorers in the league. I'm going to tell you what I think about that right on the other side. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security.
0: Well, I think you either have it or you don't. I don't don't think it's possible to teach somebody vision and awareness. Um, You can show them patterns, which is what we do with JB. Um, NBA patterns, you know, everybody sort of... uh, Runs the same stuff, and you see similar actions, you see similar concepts, and so he's figuring out those concepts. But his feel and his, ath- his athleticism combined make for all these great opportunities, either for himself or for his teammates. You're listening to Warriors Wrap
1: Up on 95 7, The Game.
3: All right, that was the coach's interview, and that, of course, was Steve Kerr, brought to you by Walnut Creek Chrysler Jeep Dodge. Ram, where savings is simple, online at walnutcreekjeep.com. Durant's defense. Well, first of all, let's say Jordan Bell had seven assists tonight in 22 minutes, and the guy can pass. And the guy the guy knows where the ball should go. And he's always looking in the right area. He, he, he's got a knack for making that extra pass on the interior where it changes what might be a little tough finish for an easy finish for somebody else. Well,
1: and you know what I've noticed too is sometimes he'll look for something and it, and it's not there and rather than force it, he'll just he'll he'll hit somebody else with it. Right. But he's cognizant of maybe he realized too late or maybe it's not really the best look and he'll even he'll make almost a cross court pass. You know, if that's open after like he almost will take a dribble kind of draw the defense and use that to set up a pass back the other way, which I think is impressive as well, just in terms of having the presence of kind of knowing where everybody is at all times. It it really, for his skill set, to have that in the bag, so to speak, is, is really impressive, and it's so valuable on this team. To have a guy that's athletic, that can block shots, that can rebound, that can run the floor when he wants to, but then also can, in the context of the offense, hit the open man consistently with all the talent he's going to be playing with. Scary, I think, how good he can be with this group.
3: Yeah, and uh, just getting back to Duran and the Defensive Player of the Year award and whether he's in the running for it, I think if you just look at it logically, he's got to be in the running because – Who are some of the other so-called competitors? Well, Kawhi Leonard would be one, but he hasn't played very much. Uh, Rudy Gobert is always going to be near the top of that list as long as the writers are voting and he's missed half the season. Uh, So, Durant has got to be ahead of both those players. Nobody else is coming to mind immediately.
1: How about Draymond Green?
3: Well, if Draymond says it's Durant, then I guess it's got to be Durant. Uh, We had Anthony later on before the game and asked him about Draymond and Durant he he thinks that Draymond's not quite as been not quite as dominant or as effective on defense this year as last year
1: I think there's been times where you can tell that Draymond's ability has helped Durant though mm-hmm. I think there's indiv- you know there's individual plays where you can you know Draymond will make a play and almost almost funnel a player toward Durant so Durant can make the block I mean they, I I it's almost like Durant has improved at the sacrifice of Draymond a little bit. Maybe Draymond's not making the play, but he's making the play that leads to the play that Durant gets to make. Right. And everybody sees the blocks and the challenges at the rim. I mean, he's been he's been incredible. He he, he really has been been incredible. And I guess Michael Thompson uh Clay's dad right jokingly said that uh Durant's turned into Bill Russell. <laughs>
3: I don't know that Bill Russell <laughs> shot the three like Durant, but uh, Kevin Durant has uh, – let's listen to Durant talk about how he's played without Steph
4: Curry over these last three weeks or so. Those stats were uh, a totally, totally different team compared to when Steph was on the court as far as how we play because his uh, shooting, his ball handling, his draws the defenders. you got to guard them. You know, you can't – leave Steph open the three-point line so that's what opens up a lot of stuff for us so now it, uh when Steph went out it was just a little different so we had to play maybe um a different a different tempo a different pace and use different plays uh you know when he's out so it, it was uh, it was fun it was fun just figuring it out you know not knowing we're we not going to just go on runs when we hit five or six threes and bust the game open so it was definitely fun trying to figure it out but um you know, and it's always good to win, but defensively is where we kind of knuckled down and started just focusing on even more because we knew offense would be a little tougher. That was Kevin Durant. It sounds to
3: me like when they get Ke- when they get Steph Curry back, it's going to be a nightmare on offense. They're not going to know what to do. I mean, <laughs>
1: well, they just let Steph go into takeover mode, right? I guess, I guess until so. he gets comfortable, and then you fill in you fill in the gaps after that.
3: Oh, by the way, I wanted to ask you, was there any news on Caspi? Uh, He seemed to sprain his ankle, I guess, in that fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, sprained right ankle. I I don't even think he was going for x-rays or anything. Uh, But, you know, it it looked like it was relatively significant.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I thought uh, so. At
1: the time. Uh, But, yeah, it, it doesn't appear at this stage to be too serious.
3: And, you know, what's funny, too, J.D., is we were talking about JaVale McGee before the game and Steve Kerr talked about how he's been professional, that he's out of the rotation now, and Steve's told him that, uh, but that McGee has remained professional. You know what? He came in tonight. He, he played hard. He was effective. He blocked a shot. He, he scored six points. And,
1: and he got up a three. Four and a
3: half. I mean, he did get up a three. Steve Kerr did not like that three. Uh, Steve Kerr leaned back and was kind of shaking his head, but then – McGee makes the block down at the one end. He hits a little baby jumper at the other end. And and you could see Steve Kerr was like, that's you know, that's that's what I want out of you. I don't want that three-point shot too often.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's funny. As that happened, everybody got a laugh out of it, though, on the bench. I happened to be walking downstairs at, the, at that moment. And it was, of again, course. people – I, sometimes, and this is going to sound a little cynical, uh, but, you know, all right, I'll just throw it out. Sometimes I think that the Warrior players really, really wanted JaVale McGee back for moments like that. And, and you know, Nick Young hit a couple of threes, when, or actually, I don't know that he hit a couple of threes. He did hit a couple of threes when the game was blown out, uh, was a blowout, and wound up with three for the game. And I think, you know, it's just... It's that light in the mood kind of stuff that makes guys like Nick Young and JaVale McGee their most valuable. Now, I think JaVale McGee wants to be a legitimate contributor on this team more than he has been this year, more like he was a year ago. So I'm not I'm not trying to make it out like he's a joke or anything like that. Uh, but I think I think the the star players and the rota- regular rotation players like having those guys around because of the joy that they bring to the table and, and and just the things that they'll do on a basketball court.
3: Yeah, and I'm looking down this Warriors roster tonight. Iguadala, the only the only head scratcher, he's one for seven. It's obvious, JD, he is struggling with a shot right now. In fact, I thought there was a I thought there was a stretch tonight where he almost purposely took two or three shots that he would have never taken just to see if he could get one to go down, Iguadala never looks for his shot. If it's there, he takes it. But he looked for it a couple times tonight, and the only way uh, I think he does that is because he knows he's in a slump and he's got to try to make some shots.
1: Yeah, and the interesting thing about Iguadala, as is usually the case, even on a night where he shoots it poorly and doesn't seem to have the juice, he's on the floor when good things happen. He's a yep. plus 22. He's a plus 22, and you could make a case he had a, a bad offensive game, though he did have seven assists. So he, he, Six was, rebounds he too. was moving the ball, so he does other things. And I think at times we lock in on the shooting when it's not there in particular, when the athleticism may not be there as well, and kind of go, well, what's going on? But then you look at a night like tonight, and other than Kevin Durant, I mean, he led the team in terms of plus minus, and right. he was right there with Durant. With Thigwadala plus plus twenty two and Durant plus twenty three, so even on a night where he doesn't shoot it, he's always in the mix where good things are happening for the Warriors.
3: He didn't have a great game tonight, but what'd you think of Donovan Mitchell, their uh, rookie two guard? He was six for seventeen, finished with seventeen points, seven rebounds. He's a gunner. <laughs> I mean, he likes shooting
1: it. He well, likes, I think he likes a- attacking, and I mean, it, it's not not like it's all from distance, I mean, although he did get up six threes, he was one for six. Uh, look, there's going to be games where he's going to hit shots and he's going to score a lot of points. And I think there's going to be games where he's going to look like he's still trying to find himself, you know, a little bit. But he can he can, he can, can get him up. And, uh, you know, the Jazz need explosive. a player like yeah, they him. They do need a player the like The Jazz that. need a player like him. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. that The Jazz almost needed a player like him last year you know, to, right. to come in with some of the other more buttoned-up players they had with George Hill when he was playing well and Hayward and, and those guys. But, you know, it's just hard. I mean, they, the Jazz play hard, but you just get the impression that on most nights they just aren't going to have enough offense even with Donovan Mitchell, you know, getting the getting the job done and scoring a lot. And you, you look at them right now, they're 15-21, and
3: 21 and – you know, they're heading for the mid
1: thirties. Yeah, and I think, you know, in terms uh, of wins and heading for not being a playoff team.
3: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And the thing is, and I'm not taking a shot here at Rudy Gobert, but how much different does he really make them? He he doesn't make them a a higher scoring team. Uh, yes, he's good interior defender. I don't know if he can be good enough to. I, I just don't think he's going to come back and all of a sudden uh, things dramatically change.
1: Although they were starting to get it together when he was when he came back, the last time.
3: Well, they were seven and four with him out. Then he came back. They struggled a little. Started to get yeah, it going. Yeah, exactly. And then then he went down, and then it's come apart. They've lost ten of their last twelve. Um, but yeah, he they, the Utah Jazz are a team that. They need contributions from three, four, five guys in a night in order for them to win a game.
1: And they're another team that's, you know, they play better at home, obviously, than they do on the road. On the road, it's just hard for them to to find it consistently.
3: All right, that's going to do it, J.D. Thank you for joining us. And you've been listening to the Warriors Wrap-Up, and that's sponsored by Arlo. Smart home security system. Live more, worry less. And the Arlo Smart Home Security System is something that's given me a lot of peace of mind. And right now, I'm able to look on my phone, my iPhone, and see what's going on around my house right now. If somebody, let's say, were to ring the doorbell, I could actually see from Oracle Arena who is at my front door. And whether I would want to tell them to beat it or not. Or... Let's say I'm in the house and I'm on the third floor and I hear the doorbell ring. I can look to see who it is. If it's a solicitor, chances are I'm not coming down to answer the door. If it's my best friend, you know I'll come down and get the door. So Arlo Smart Home Security gives you a lot of options. It's got two-way communication. And one of the best things about it is you can get seven days of free cloud recording with a basic subscription, and that's a huge, huge difference between Arlo and And the competition. It's weather resistant. It's easy to install. Start living more and worrying less. All right, that is going to do it for the Warriors wrap up. The Golden State Warriors beat the Utah Jazz 126 101. Thanks for listening, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.